Shalom to all. Today's office of Tetzan Mem Zion. We are starting Mem Vav Bay's the bottom line with the words of Tetzanish Daim Dubim. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam Sarah, Basab Yaakov, Maisha, Hernish, Shalom Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yasfiyat, Ben Rabbi Usher, Anchol. His neshama should have an aliyah. Now we're in the middle of explaining the pesukim regarding the story of Elisha leaving Yericha, being taunted by youths, him being mekal of them, and two bears subsequently coming out of the forest and killing a number of them. So the pasuk says, "Vatisanushtaim dubim in ayar," and two bears came out of the forest. And they tore apart forty-two children. Memzayinomalaf on top. Rav Shmuel they argue about this. Chana one says neis that this was one neis. But Chana one says neis pesach neis. It was two nisim. Man number neis one that says there was a neis. What was the neis? Yarhava. There was a forest there, but dubim loyhava. There was no bears there, and because of Elisha's curse, bears were created and came out and did their thing. The one that says there was a double nase, there wasn't a forest or bears, and his curse created a forest and bears. Why don't we say there were bears, but there wasn't a forest? And the nase was that a forest was created. So the answer is to be easy. That's because the bears would have been afraid to attack the people, or the people would have been afraid to go near there because there were bears there. So it has to be there was a forest, and only then we could say that there was a nase that bears were created. Now Rukhanin explains, because of the 42 Karbanas, that Balak Melch might have brought in order to help Bilam curse Amisrael. In other words, the schar he got for bringing these 42 korbanos brought about the deaths of these 42 children. Asking more, is that really so? Is that the schar he got? That a person should always be involved in Torah mitzvahs. Because if he does a shalai l'shma, that's eventually going to bring him to doing it l'shma. And we see this because in the merit of the 42 korbanos that Balak Melch Mayav brought, he was Zaycha and Rus came from him. And Shlema came from this. It says about Shlomai, Elif Eilis Yala Shlomai. The Shlomai brought up a thousand Eilis. So we see that his Chayr for bringing Karbanis, even though they were brought for the wrong purpose, brought about that his descendant was Shlomai HaMelech who brought Karbanis, and that was for the right purpose. And where do we see that Shlomai HaMelech was a descendant of Balak? V'am Rabbi Yesi Ben Choni, the Ruz, Bita Shal Eglon, B'nai Shabalak Haisa. Ruz was the daughter of Eglon, who was the son of Balak. So the answer is, you're right, these 42 children were killed because of something else. Balak's desire to bring these Karbanis was to bring about a curse, and because of that desire of his, these 42 children were torn apart. And the Pazit continues describing this whole story of Elisha, and we had mentioned this previously before, that Elisha had went into the city of Yerim and he solved a water issue that they had there. And the story was as follows. The people of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the dwelling place of the city is good, like my master sees. Meaning the city itself is pleasant to live in, however, the water is bad and it kills people. So Once we're saying that the water is bad and the land kills people, So I was land good. So he answers, There's a special chain that a place has to the people that live there. Even though from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't really seem like a good place to live, people like living in the place where they live. And our Yechon Rebbechon says, there's three chinois, special graces that Hashem gives, even though it might not make sense. There's a special chain to the inhabitants of a place. There's a special chain that a wife has to her husband. Even if she's not very good looking, her husband likes her. And there's a special chain that a person has to the thing that he bought. And now continuing with Elisha, Elisha got sick three times. One was because he sent these bears against these tinoikas. He shouldn't have brought about such an extreme punishment on them. Once, because he pushed away the Gechazi, which was his attendant, with both of his hands, and one of them he died because of. The Pesach says, that Elisha got sick with a sickness that he would eventually die from it. And Tanarabon, we have Raisa, which is going to be explaining the second one. A person's left hand should be used for rebuke for pushing away, but the right hand should be used for drawing close. Not like Elisha that pushed Gechazi away with both of his hands, 
like Yeshua ben Parachia should not follow Echad mitalmidav b'shtei adav, and not like Yeshua ben Parachia who pushed away one of his talmidim with both hands. Now Elisha Mahi, what's the whole story of Elisha? Dichsemis says in the pasuk. Now this refers to when Naaman, an Arami general, was cured from his tzaras by Elisha. He tried paying but was refused. Now after he left, Gechazi, Elisha's attendant, chased after him, and in the name of Elisha, which obviously wasn't true, took silver and clothing. So this was a story. The pasuk tells us, "Vayemer Naaman." Naaman said, "Hoyel kachi korayim." Please take two talents of silver. Oksevin the pasuk says, "Vayemer Elav," and he told him, meaning Elisha told Gechazi, didn't my spirit accompany you when the man turned towards you? Now you took the silver, you took clothing, you took so many things from the man. How could it be? Now the Gemara asks, Did Gechazi really take so much from Naaman? All he took was silver and clothing. He didn't take all these things Elisha mentioned. So Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak tells us, Elisha was learning the parakim, Zechaz Shab is called Shmanashratim. Amaloy, Elisha was telling him, Russia, you're Russia. Now the time has come for you to take this schar for learning this parak of Shemayin Shratzim, and therefore he mentioned eight things to Gechazi. Again, not that Gechazi took eight things from Naaman, it's just that by mentioning these eight things, he was hinting to him that by you taking money from Naaman, you got this schar for learning this parak called Shemayin Shratzim. Now the Pesach tells us that Elisha told Gechazi and that Tzaras of Naaman should be on you and on your offspring forever. And another Pesach tells us there were four men who were Mitzrayim and they were outside the gate. That's because Mitzrayim are not allowed to be inside the city. And Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, Zegechazi, Yushlash's Banov, is referring to Gechazi and his three sons. The Pasuk tells us, Elisha went to Damasek. Ask the Gemara Lama Halach, why did he go there? Rabbi Yechon, he answers, He went to go try to bring Gechazi to Duchuva. He went to try to bring him back into the fold, but Gechazi did not do Tshuva. Amrlai Elisha told him, Chazar Bacha, do Tshuva. Amrlai told him, I got this Kabbalah from you, Elisha. Anyone that sinned and he caused others to sin, it must be can be other last. It's Tshuva. He's not going to be able to do Tshuva. Ask the Gemara, my Avad, what did Gechazi do that he caused others to sin. So some say, he placed magnets for Chatas Yuravam, which was a golden calf, and because of the fields of the magnets and how they were placed, he made it suspended in between Shemayim and Aretz. And then when people came to this golden calf, which is obviously not by Dezara, they thought it had special powers because now it was suspended in the air. Some say, that he etched the name of Hashem on the mouth of this golden calf, this Havad Zara, and then this calf started saying, and people thought that it had real powers. Some say, the Gechazi pushed Rabban away from Elisha, meaning when people came to learn by him, Gechazi said, no, there's no room for you, don't come here, don't learn here. Because the Pasuk says, after Gechazi stopped being Elisha's Shamash, the sons of the Nevi'im told Elisha, behold the place that we're sitting there in front of you, meaning the base Medrash, it's very tight for us, meaning there's not enough space. Mechlav then applies that up until then, it wasn't tight for space, because Gechazi was pushing people away. The moment the Gechazi stopped being Elisha's Shamash, so lots of Talmidim came, and then it became tight. The Gemara continues, Yeshua ben Parachia Mahi, was the case of Yeshua ben Parachia? So here's the whole story. When Yanni the king started killing off all the Rabbanon, Shem ben Shetach Shetach's sister hid him, which Rabbi Shem ben Parachia, Azal Ark Alexandria, Shem Mitzrayim, Rabbi Shem ben Parachia, he ran away to Alexandria Mitzrayim. Now, Kavashlama, when there was peace, Shem ben Shetach sent him the following message Mini Yerushalayim, Irakoidesh, Lach Alexandria, Shem Mitzrayim. From me in Yerushalayim, Irakoidesh, to you, Alexandria Mitzrayim. Achaisi, my sister, Bali Shari Besaychech, my husband, which is really referring to the Nasi, that's Rabbi Shuim Parachia, he's living by you, meaning he's living in Alexandria, and I'm here empty. In other words, it's a message to Rabbi Parachia, I'd like you to come back to Eretz Yisrael. Amar, so Rabbi Parachia said, I see from here that there's peace in Eretz Yisrael. So he also, on his way back to Eretz Yisrael, he visited by a certain inn, they got up in front of him, showing him a lot of honor, they did a lot of things that showed him great honor, so he was sitting and praising, 
zoo. See how wonderful this host is because everyone's giving him so much covet. One of his Talmidim told him, Rebbe, and now Trutais, her eyes are round. How could you say that her hostess is beautiful? She doesn't have very nice eyes. He told his Talmud, Russia, you're Russia. That's what you're being Isaac in. You're looking at her beauty. I wasn't talking about her physical beauty. I was talking about these wonderful actions that she's doing. And because of this, Apek Abramea Shvairi, Rabbi Shua Barachia took out 400 Shafaras, Shamte, and he put his Talmud in Cherem. Now, call Yaima Asla Kame. Every single day, his Talmud came to him to beg for forgiveness, to ask him to be welcome back. But he didn't accept him. One day, Havakar Kriyashma, Rabbi Shimon Barachia was saying, Kriyashma, Asla Kame, his student came to him, and that day he decided he was going to take his student back. He showed to him with his hand, he was trying to hint to him, wait till after I'm finished Shema. But his student thought that he was pushing him away again. So Azal, he went, Zakal Venasa, he stood up a brick on its end, Palchan, he served it as an Avay Dezara. told him, do tshuva. Student told him, This is what I've learned from you. Anyone that sins and cause other people to sin, he's not going to be able to do tshuva. Now, how did this Talmud cause other people to sin? It was stated, He practiced sorcery, and he incited others, and he pushed others away, and he caused other people to sin. And regarding how to properly be my somebody, when we're dealing with a person's yetzer for Arias, when we're dealing with a child or a woman, specifically a person's wife, a person should use their left hand to push away, but the right hand to bring close. And we continue with the brand new Mishnah. Up until now, we've been discussing the procedure of the Egla Rufa because we don't know who committed the murder. But the Mishnah now tells us, Nimtza Hyreg, let's say the murderer was found. Actually, Nefra Egla, if he was found before we did the procedure of the Egla Rufa, so this Egla goes out to pasture, he goes to graze. We don't do anything with him. But Misha Nefra Egla, if the murderer was found only after we chopped the back of the neck to cover Mukaima, so it's buried in its place, because the whole reason why we did the Egla Rufa is because of Suffolk. We don't know who the murderer was. So Kippur's fake of Halchala. Now there's a Kapar for the Suffolk and it's accomplished its purpose. However, Nefra Egla of if we ready to chop the back of the neck and then we found the murderer, he's going to be killed because now we know who the murderer is. There's no Suffolk anymore, so we have to punish him. And the Mishnah continues. If one had said, I saw the murderer, and another one said, No, you didn't, or a woman said, I saw the murderer, and another woman said, No, you didn't, we're still going to do that because we don't have conclusive aides over here. Let's say, One aide said, I saw the murderer. Two aides said, No, you didn't, so we're still going to do that. Rufa, again, because we have nothing conclusive here. Whereas, Shnaim Aymer Inu, if two people said, we saw, and one told them, no, you didn't, so we're not going to do the Agla Rufa, because we have two Edim that we can trust. Now the Mishnah tells us, once murderers increased in Am Yisrael, the whole concept of the Agla Rufa ceased, because now that there's a proliferation of murderers, we most probably know, or someone knows, who the murderer was. So there's no point in bringing the Agla Rufa. And when was this? Mishnah Eliezer ben Dinai. Once Eliezer ben Dinai came around, he was a notorious murderer. He was called Chinu ben Prisha. And Chazul Kroisa Ben Haratzchan, they started calling him Ben Haratzchan. And there's a good thing in a similar vein. Mishurabu went off him when adulterers increased. Pasukamayim Hamarim, the Mayim Hamarim, the Meisaita stopped working. Rabbi Yechem Zakeh of Sikon, Rabbi Yechem Zakeh was the one that said that we have to stop giving out the Mayim Hamarim. Well, now, why did he say stop using the Mayim Hamarim? Shneir, because the Pasuk says, I'm not going to examine your daughters when they're Mazane, or your daughters in law when they commit adultery. This Pasuk is talking about everyone committing adultery. And when the Pasuk says, I'm not going to examine, that means that the Mayim Hamarim is not going to Work because everyone's just involved in adultery. The mission continues. When this last pair of Zugais, one of them was the Nasi, one of them was the Avbezdin, when they died, the Eshkailais were bottled, they seized. Shinemar the Pasuk says, Ain Eshkol There's no Eshkol to eat. Bikura Ivsanavshi. My soul desires the first ripe fig. Now, these Eshkailais, the like Gemara's going to explain, is Lashon of Ishakobai. They had everything in them. And up until them, there was no Machlekes in Am Yisrael. Who 
always knew how to apply a halacha. However, after them, things became hazy, and machlaka started abounding about how to apply halachas properly. The mission continues. Yechanan Kain Gadol Hevri Hodais HaMaiser. Yechanan Kain Gadol, he stopped Hodais HaMaiser. What is Hodais HaMaiser? So we know that twice every seven years, a person has to do biuri maestres. He has to take all the maestres out of his house. Let's say he has Maiser Shani or Maiser Ani. He has to get rid of it. And then he also has to say Hodais HaMaiser or Vidu HaMaiser, which are certain psukim that he recites. Yechanan Kain Gadol stopped this whole Hodais HaMaiser. And Afu Batal Samoarin was Hanoikfin. He also stopped the wakers and the strikers. We're going to talk about in the Gemara what those are. Up until his days, the blacksmith's hammer would strike in Yerushalayim. This is talking about on Chalamayid. We know that something that will cause a loss of money if it's not done, is allowed to be performed in Chalamayid. Beichen Kain Gadol said that blacksmiths are not allowed to do their work anymore on Chalamayid in Yerushalayim. And lastly, in his days, there became no necessity to ask about Demai. You didn't have to ask a person, did you take Maestros off for this? Because he made a that anyone that buys from an Amaret has to take Maestros off. And the Gemara tells us, Tanarban, we have a Brisa. How do we know if the Egla Rufa was already done and then the murderer was found, that the fact that we went through this whole procedure doesn't patter the murderer? Talmud Leimer, the Pasuk says, and the land will not atone for the blood that was spilled in it, except with the spilling of blood. Meaning, even though we did this whole process of the Egla Rufa, once we found the murderer, there's not going to be atonement for him unless we spill his blood. And we can explain the mission that we had said, if one aide said, I saw the murderer, and another one says, no, you didn't, so we start going to do the Egla Rufa because we don't have any aides over here. Now the Gemara analyzes time of the The reason why we don't have any aides over here is because the second guy is contradicting the first. That's mashma that if there's no second guy contradicting the first, that means that one aide would be believed. How do we know that? Because we have a brisa. The pasuk says it's not known who struck him, meaning we don't know who the murderer is. But that's mashma. If we know who the murderer is, even if there's one person at the end of the world that knows, we're not going to do that. Gla Rufa. How do we know that Sanhedrin saw a person kill somebody else, but in my kirno say, but they don't know who the murderer is? That there's not going to be an Egla Rufa here? Tamalim, because the Pasuk says, the Bezin says, our eyes didn't see. But in this case, our eyes did see. So we're not going to do the Egla Rufa. Now we analyze what we just said before. Now that you just said that one aid is believed, how could the other one contradict him? Anytime the Torah believes one aid, it's as if we have two aidim here. I wouldn't believe one person when there's two people there. In other words, when this first aide comes into Bezdin and says, I saw Reuven kill Shimon. I saw that the murderer was Reuven. So we believe him like two aidim. Now that another guy comes in and says, no, you didn't see. Well, that's just like there's one aide. And we don't believe one aide against two. So I'm like, Ula, Ula would answer you. You're right. To me, really, our mission teaches, Then when we have our first aide coming in saying, I saw the murderer, even though another guy came, we're not going to do that. Rufa. also said, that we're not going to do that. Rufa. However, says that we teach in our Mishnah that they still would continue on with the Egla Rufa like we have in our Mishnah. According to what Rebbe just said, we have to ask on him from Ula because Ula quoted this memra that anytime we believe one person that's considered like two, so the next day that comes along should not be believed against this one person who's really believed like two. So Gemara answers like Kasha, no problem. One's talking about where they come at the same time. Rebbe was talking about where two of them come at the same time. One guy says, I saw. Another guy immediately right afterwards says, no, you didn't. So we throw both of them out. However, Ula is talking about where one guy comes into Bezdin, he says, I saw, he walks out, he's finished, we believe him like two, and then another guy comes in and says, no, you didn't see, so then we're not going to believe that second aid. But now we ask a question on this from our Mishnah. Tanan, our Mishnah had said, If one person says, I saw him, and two people came and said, no, you didn't, we're going to do the Egla Rufa. Now, seemingly, the reason why that is, is because it's two versus one. But, that's mashma, if it's one versus one, then we're not going to do the Egla Rufa.
seifa. Do you have to drop here? That's clearly not like a priya. The Gemara asks, "Well, Tamech according to you, aim a seifa." Take a look at the next case in the Mishnah. Shnayim Eimer Reinu veEnechad Eimer Loy Reisem. If two people say we saw the murder and one says no, you didn't. Loy Hayu Arfin. We're not going to do that. Glarufa. Now that's Mashma Hachad Vachad Hayu Arfin. That if it was one versus one, then we would continue with the procedure. So there's a steer Mashmos between the third and fourth cases. Ela must be Masis and Kulabzuli Edos. That our whole Mishnah is really talking about Bzuli Edos. That the people that are giving Edos about this whole situation, they're really not able to give Edos in a usual case. It's just like Rabbi Nechemia. Dumber, he says, Anytime the Torah believes one aid, then we follow meaning we follow the majority of opinions. Usually, we don't follow the majority of opinions when it comes to Edos. If we have two Edim on one side and a hundred Edim on the other side, that's just viewed as two versus two because that's considered Kasher Edos. Over here, we're talking about Psuli Edos. Namely, one person is usually Apostle Aid and the two people that are coming afterwards are talking about people that are Psuli Edos also. So then we follow the majority of opinions and therefore, we treat two women giving testimony against this one man who came, just like two men giving testimony against one man, and obviously two versus one, the two is going to win. Now, some say, that anytime we have one kosher aid coming, even if there's a hundred women coming to testify against this one man, that's just like one person. So what are we talking about over here? That the first aid was a woman, and then we can understand the mission according to Rebbe like this. Anytime the Torah believes one aid, we're going to follow the majority of opinions over here. And we're going to treat two women giving aidus against one man like two men giving aidus against one man. But if it was two women giving aidus against one man, that's like 50 50. Now we just asked, why do we have to have two cases talking about psuli aidus? The answer is, I might have thought, that when do we follow Rav Deyaz? That's only when the case is going to come out to be a Chumrah of a But when the case is going to come out to be a Kula, we're not going to follow Rav Deyaz. Kamash Mulan, the Chedesh is that we're always going to follow Rav Deyaz when we're talking about Psuli Eidos. Now we can explain the Mishnah Mishurabu Haritzchem Vchulu. Now we have a Brisa which is similar. Tanarabban of the Brisa says Mishurabu Haritzchanin, when murderers increase, the battle Egla Rufa, so there's no more Egla Rufa. Why? Lefisha Enaba El Al Safik. The only reason why we bring Egla Rufa is because of Safik. We don't know who the murderer is. But Mishurabu Haritzchanin Begiloi, when murderers who murder in public increased, battle Egla Rufa, so there's no Egla Rufa anymore because we know who the murderer is. And we continue on to explain the Mishnah we had said Mishurabu Anayafin Vchulu, the one adulterers increased, so the Mehamarim stopped working. And Tanarabban of Brisa, the Pasuk tells us Vnika Ishme Avain, that the man is free of sin. Now, what do we learn from here? We've had this brasa previously. When the man is free of sin, so the waters will check his wife. They're going to work on his wife. But if the man is not free of sin, he also did a similar aver to his wife. So then the waters are not going to work on his wife. And the Pasuk says, Now we analyze. What's with this Pasuk of Vaimer? Why do we have to have the Pasuk? What does it teach us? So it's teaching us the following. If you want to say, that only if he did a sin, so then the waters not going to work on his wife. But the Bani say if his sons or daughters did this sin, if they were adulterous, so that's not going to stop the water from working on his wife. Tashma, that's why the Pasuk tells us, and this Pasuk talks very clearly about his daughters and daughters-in-law as well. And if you want to suggest, that the only time the water is not going to work is if the sin that we're talking about is someone living with an ish, a married woman. But if he lived with a penuya, a woman who's not married, then that wouldn't stop the water from working. Tashma, that's why the Pasuk continues and says, or they consort with zainos and they sacrifice with prostitutes. And we understand that Zaina is a Penuya, she's not married. Now we continue explaining the Pasuk, my, what's our understanding of the Hemshech of the Pasuk? And those who don't understand will stumble. So Amr Belezer, he explains, Israel, the Navi is telling Am Yisrael, if you're Makbed on yourselves and you're not involved in adultery, then 
the water is going to check your wives and it's going to work. If not, if you're not careful yourself, then the water is not going to work on your wives. Now the Gemara begins a whole series of Misharabu when the following thing increased, so then something either increased or something stopped, or both. So we say, when pleasure seekers increased, justice was perverted, because the Dayan were looking to increase their own pleasure, and they didn't focus on what the proper halacha is, and because of that, the deeds of the public deteriorated, because they weren't getting proper judgments from the Dayanim, and there wasn't any nachas ruach for Hashem. When Dayanim, who showed favoritism in Din, increased, the Pasuk of Loisaguru, you shouldn't trample in front of a man, that seized. And also the following Pasuk seized, Loisakiru, don't show favoritism in Din. They threw off the yoke of heaven, and they put on them the yoke of Basavadam, meaning they stopped going to Bezdin to get their cases paskind. They would go to secular courts. When the whispering to the judges in Din increased, there was an increase in anger against Am Yisrael, and the Shechina left. That in the midst of judges, Hashem judges, meaning if the judges are judging properly, so Hashem judges with them. But if the judges aren't judging properly, and you could talk to them, and bribe them, so Hashem pulls the Shekhinah away. When those who followed their heart's desires for gain increased, Rabu said so the following thing increased, people saying, that bad is good and good is bad. In other words, the Yanim were always seeking their own gain, so there's stopping differentiation between good and bad. Then once these people increased, Rabu hai hai ba'ilam, Hai hai, which means whoa, whoa, that increased in the world because that brought misfortune to the world. When people who are they spit a very far distance. When they increased, so arrogant people increased. When someone has too much saliva in their mouth, so they could spit it, but they should do so close by to them. But when a person spits far away from them, that's a certain level of arrogance, and that brought about increased arrogance in the world. And fewer people were learning, and Tyra went looking around for people that were going to learn it. When arrogant people increased in the world, him, so the Yiddish daughters, they started marrying these arrogant people, because our generation only sees on the surface. On the surface, these people looked like very chashev people, and these Yiddish girls weren't able to see that below the surface was really just arrogance. Ask the Gemara, Any, is that really so? We have a statement, someone who's arrogant, he's not going to be accepted even by the people of his house. Remember the Pasuk says, a man who's arrogant, his abode will not endure. What does that mean? Even in his own abode, in his own house, he's not going to be respected. So how could you say that they would marry these arrogant people? Shouldn't they have seen through them? So the Gemara answers, right, in the beginning when they were meeting, when they dated, she would jump on him, meaning she wanted to marry him because she thought that he really was Chashuv. Well, Asaif, afterwards, she saw right through him and Mitzalayu, they became very cheap to them and they didn't respect their husbands. We continue, when these people increased, bribery increased, and twisting of judgment, and all good stopped. Now what does that mean? So this is referring to judges who had Malai, they had some sort of merchandise and they they would give it to Balibatim, they would give it to businessmen to do business for them. And that shows these people that all they want is money. So therefore, bribery increased and twisting of judgment increased because they were accepting bribes and good stopped coming to the world because Hashem stopped the flow of good due to all of this. When Dayanim increased, who were saying, I acknowledge the favor you did for me. And they also said, I owe you for the favor that you did for me. So Rabu this Pasuk of, a man did whatever was good in his eyes, that increased. Why is that? Because they saw that the judges of Dayanim were indebted to them, that they owed them favors, so people didn't care about what Dayanim said, and they did whatever they wanted. People that were low were raised up, and people that were high were lowered. And the kingdom we kept on getting lower and weaker. And Misha Rabu 
when stingy people and robbers increased, people who hardened their heart increased, and people that closed their fists from lending out money, that also increased, and they were over on what's written in the Torah, this is in the Torah telling you, lest you see your brother who needs money and you don't lend him, over here these people had money and they hardened their hearts and they didn't lend money. We continue, when women who would stick out their necks in haughtiness and wink their eyes increased, so the Mayim Hamarim should have increased, meaning more women should have been brought to the base of Mikdash to drink the Mayim Hamarim, however, as we said before, the Mayim Hamarim stopped working because there were so many adulterers. When the people who accepted gifts increased, people's days lessened and their years became shorter, because the Pasuk says, someone who hates gifts will live, and these people didn't hate gifts, they loved gifts, so they didn't live as long. When the haughty Talmidim, meaning haughty Talmidim increased, so that increased Machlekes in Am Yisrael. That's because they were so haughty, they thought that they knew everything, they weren't Mishnah 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 properly, and therefore they didn't really know how to understand the Svaras, and so that's why there's more Machlekes. When the Talmidim of Shami and Hillel increased, and these Talmidim were not Mishnah 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 properly, there was also an increase of Machlekes in Am Yisrael. And the Torah that was being learned was like two separate Torahs. When people had accepted Staka from Gaim increased, now, even though literally this is translated as Yisrael was above and they were below, Yisrael was in front and they were in the back, that's really a euphemism. It really means that Yisrael was below and the Gaim were above, Yisrael was behind and the Gaim were in front. Now, let's just conclude by explaining this part of Mishnah. We had said, There was no more Eshkailis. Now, we ask my Eshkailis, what exactly are Eshkailis? What does that mean? So, Rabbi Huda Mershmuel, Ish Shehakal Bai, it's a conjugation of these words, a man that has everything in him, he has Tyra, he doesn't forget, there's no Machlaikas. Some explain this to me that they had the best Midas. And once the last pair of Zugas died, there was no more Eshkailis. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, and continue to explain the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.